0: Welcome to the Hello Church podcast. I am Justin Trapp. And I'm Wade Bearden. Hello, Justin, again. This is another podcast, a a new podcast, so we're still trying to figure out the ropes, but I enjoy sitting on a table, talking, not sitting on the table, sitting next to a table and talking with you.
1: My my goal is to learn how to say hello
0: in multiple languages. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I feel like that's fairly easy. It's just one word. Yeah. Well, Hello Church. Yeah. You could uh, hello. You could you could use. I know the Greek ecclesia. I don't know Greek hello, but I could add that to the conversation. Google Translate. <laughs> what is hello? So I'm Greek. excited about this episode, Justin, because uh, we're going to talk about a seven step sermon, and I I put this together years ago because I am that person. I don't I don't know if you're this person, but I'm that person where if I had to write like a 10 page research paper in school. I would start it and write one page every day for 10 days and end by turning it in. Is that is that you? Are you that type Th- of person? This is
1: this is why we work well together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple because I would be the guy to wait till the last 6 hours before it's due mm. and then cram
0: that baby. Yeah, or or 10 hours you could do one paper one piece of paper an hour. I would uh, I would I would
1: Here's a, funny, half here's a
0: funny here's a funny college story is uh
1: one time i was like waited to the last minute so i needed to write like a, a big paper so i went to walmart and i was like i'm tired of drinking coke i'm tired of drinking dr pepper i'm gonna get me some root beer <laughs> a root beer doesn't have caffeine i learned later <laughs> it just bloats you i was so sick i i drank like Eight cans of Barks root beer, and I've never been sicker in my life.
0: Oh, that just sounds horrible. It was horrible. I, I hate root beer. I don't think I've drank, drank uh, Barks root beer. It <laughs> yeah, reminds. So, a uh, story. One of the first times I ever talked to my wife Priscilla uh, before we were married. Obviously, uh, we had this huge paper, and I did the deal where I started it like ten days in advance, and I was finishing it up. And the night before, I'm just go, I'm just waltzing into the library, printing it out like a normal person. And her and her other classmates are starting it. As I'm walking out, I felt like a boss.
1: I'm like the the
0: male bro <laughs> version of your wife. <laughs> so what I did was I, I thought through, how can we take a sermon? We do this every week. If you're a pastor, yeah. every single week, you are writing a sermon. And it's really easy to wait two days in advance. But from personal experience, from talking to people, I've found that if you if you start on Monday when you're supposed to be preaching on Sunday, or maybe even before Monday, your sermon is going to be more articulate. It's going to be more it, better researched. You're going to have better illustrations. You're going to have an opportunity to think through what you want to talk about. Uh, it's just going to be a whole lot cleaner versus if you did it on Friday yeah. night you, or Saturday night.
1: You'll be more comfortable with the content. We, we've done some uh, mm-hmm. research... And Thursday is the day that most pastors will write a majority of their message. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the message, right? So pastors are writing a message every single week. The average pastor spends 10 and a half hours working on um, that message every single week. That's more time than you and I eat our meals in a Mm -hmm. given week. So writing a sermon is an arduous journey. And if you don't have a system, you're doing yourself... A disservice.
0: Yeah, and I think pastors really need to create that system and say, "This is this is my plan, and I'm not going to rush it." And we've used this illustration before, right? It's the microwave versus the crock pot. Which tastes better if you're cooking a pot roast? Sp- Spammer <laughs> steak, <laughs> right? And so uh, the seven step sermon kind of looks like this. And I tried to be try to be a little cutesy with it. Every day starts with an S. To hopefully, you know, hopefully people That's why we pay you the that. big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so before you even start the seven steps, the first S is what I call strategy. And I think pastors really need to be planning out their sermon series and their sermons in advance. At least know where you're going to go. This is important because you got to have a discipleship plan. And God can move us in different directions. The Holy Spirit can move us. But I think it's it's great for us to sit down in October, November and say, okay, this next year, where does God want to take our church? And to plan out what sermon series you're going to have, what passages you're going to preach each week. And then What do you you think is the big idea of that passage? If you can take a couple weeks, maybe take a couple weeks off from preaching and do that in October and November with your team, you can say, hey, I know in August this is the story that I'm preaching. This is the passage that I'm preaching. Once again, God can take it and move it in a different direction, but that's just going to put you ahead before you even begin writing your message.
1: Yeah, some of our studies have shown that pastors— Uh, majority of pastors plan two weeks out or less in advance, and I I just think it goes back to your point. If you know you're going to be talking about forgiveness six months from now, you may hear stories. You may have illustrations in your own life where you had to forgive someone. By the time you get to that series, it is so rich with content and possibilities, and it's been marinating on your heart for a long time. Of course, God can... uh, change and move you in a different direction but you've done the work on the on,
0: on the front end to um you know not just wait till the last moment and you know some some pastors are going to be at churches and they know that most of the people in their congregation are going to go to that church their entire lives and that's just reality yeah other people know that um People are going to be at their church, maybe they're in New York City, maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to be at their church for a couple years. Reading through Timothy Keller's preaching book, he definitely has to plan, hey, people are only going to be here for a couple years, so I need to be sharing the gospel story, the complete gospel story, with the time that I have. So strategy is before you even get to the steps, and then step number one, or day one, if you're preaching on a Sunday, this would be Monday, and I call this study. So here's what study looks like. First of all, what you're going to do is you're going to take that Bible passage and you're really going to dig into it and you're going to try to figure out that big idea. Now, you've already put a big idea down, but really scrutinize that. You're going to have personal study, and I really think you need to do this without commentaries for a bit. Then you're going to have formal study. You're going to get commentaries. If you want to look at some of the Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic words, you're going to study those. You're going to figure out what the experts have to say about this Passage and you're going to be writing down all of those notes. And then you're going to formulate your big idea. You have a rough draft, and you say, okay, let me push that. This is going to be the big idea of that passage, the big idea of that message. And that's it for the first day. But by the end of the first day, with study, you know that passage inside and out, and you have a target where you're going to hit in that message. Because if it's a shotgun blast, it, it's probably not going to work. You want it to be a sniper rifle. And I'm using <laughs> gun metaphors Military. here. Uh, but I, hopefully I, I'm getting the point across.
1: Well, if you're saying 10 things, you're not, you know, is anyone going to re- take away anything when they walk out of those doors? Are they going to remember anything? So formulating and narrowing a big idea is going to help your listener. Yeah. Just as much as it's going to help you as you prepare the message.
0: And you want to do justice to God's Word. If, if you say, hey, I want to talk about forgiveness, there are a lot of different things the Bible says about forgiveness. We know the big idea. It's, it's important to forgive because Jesus has forgiven us. But if we want to dig in, we need to center and say, what am I going to say about forgiveness this week? And then what can I say about forgiveness next week? And I think that's really important. So you got uh, studies the first day, and then day two, which would be a Tuesday, is what I call a uh, sticky So Andy Stanley, he has uh, made famous the phrase sticky statement. What is it that you can put in the minds of your listeners? And they'll remember it and they'll kind of walk away and say, oh, I know what that sermon is about because I know that sticky statement. So you're going to take the big idea of your passage and you're going to make it memorable and you're going to move it to the contemporary world. So if your big idea is like, hey, Paul is teaching this, you've got to take that and say, okay, what does it mean? Why is it important to listeners today. It needs to be
1: simple. It needs to be short. It needs to be memorable. It needs to be tweetable. I mean, if it's
0: longer than a tweet, then maybe you should work on it more. Yeah. And here, here's an example. So I have in front of me um, the passage of, of Luke 22, 39 through 62. And the big idea of the text would be a passage, Jesus relied on God's strength as he faced the cross. Allowing the disciples who abandon him to later be courageous in the face of death. So that would be kind of like the, the big idea of that passage. My sticky statement could be this Jesus did what we couldn't, now we can do what he could. And that's something you can r- repeat throughout your message. You yes. say, like, Jesus did what we couldn't, now we can do what he could. So you want to get that sticky statement. And then the next thing you want to do on this day is you want to write down your end goal. So what do you want your end goal to be? If somebody leaves here today and they walk out, what do you want them to begin doing? Do you want them to be begin acting this out in a different way? Maybe maybe it's a thought process, thinking differently. So you're here, you know what your message is about, you know the point of the message, what you want people to do. And then you want to outline your message. And Justin, there's a lot of different ways that you can outline your message. And we... We work with Sermonary, we create a Sermonary, and we have a lot of those outlines inside of our platform, and you just want to break down that passage and that message in whatever way you feel like is important.
1: Yeah, I tried several different outlines and different um, formats, if you will, or sermon structures. The one that I really felt like uh, worked for me was Andy Stanley's Me, We, God, You, We. Yeah. Um, you know, starts with you personally, an issue, a topic, a passage, what does that look like for us? You know, what is the conflict? What is the tension? What are the things that we are dealing with as believers? What does you know, God say about that? What does the Bible say about that? Yeah. What does that look like for you in your own personal life? And then I love how Andy Stanley, what would it look like if we all would do XYZ or yeah. apply this? And so that's me, we, God, you, we. And I found a lot of times in my sermon preparation if i had a story or if i had a thought or if i had a passage i would go oh that that's that's in the we section mm-hmm. of the message and it became really easy to identify this is going right here in the message and that really helped me be more efficient as i'm preparing a message because again it goes back to if pastors are spending on average i mean some pastors are spending upwards of 20 and 30 hours but on average two and a half hours yeah, that's a long time that's a lot of work in a week and especially if you're a bivocational pastor or you're a pastor at a small church plant, the more efficient you can be with your time, the the better you're, you're going to be.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, there's a, there's a sequence to this seven-step sermon. You don't want to start with your outline, because when you start with the outline, it's like, oh, me. You want the passage to be the core of your message, and then flow from there. So you got sticky, and then on Wednesday... Uh, is style. So just to recap, like you've got your big idea, you've got your sticky, your outline, you have a rough outline of the passage. Style is basically going in and filling in some of the details. So now you do your introduction and conclusion. You already know where you're going, and instead of starting with the introduction, uh, you want to end with the introduction and conclusion. You want to start working through illustrations, and you want to fill out the outline. And this is just basic stuff: filling out the message, knowing where that path is leading you to, and uh, really adding your personal style to it.
1: Yeah, one of my struggles as a as a communicator was I was always really strong in the introduction, and then I would just fly the plane around the runway at the end, trying mm-hmm. to like land it and and bring it home. And so, if you're a communicator, the introduction is very very important, but but having, you know, you don't have to be closing. It's not like sales, right? Always be closing. Oh, We're not closing for 15 minutes. Make sure that you're not um, exhausting uh, Mm -hmm. their attention span with a really, really long conclusion.
0: Oh, man, isn't it it like this to where you get to the conclusion and you start to remember all the things that you wanted to say but you didn't say? Yeah. And so you just try to fill that in. That's why you have to have the end goal. You need to say, hey, the conclusion, I think the conclusion is a great way to briefly summarize your message and then say, here's what Here's what you do next. Uh, so then you move on uh, from style. You go to Thursday, and, and we have PDFs on this. This could be any day, right? Yeah, this could be any day, but if you're preaching on Sunday, uh, this would be like the day four, your, your, your Thursday, uh, is solidify. And you want to finish your illustration, and you want to finish uh, your sermon content. So basically, by the end of this day, you want your sermon to be completely written. And what usually happens is this, this occurs on saturday night and it's so important that you have space in between and i'm going to go through why that's the case here but you don't want to finish your message and walk up on stage on sunday morning you want to give space so solidify is day 4 day 5 the the, the fifth step would be sabbath and This is, so if you're going by the days of the week, this would be Friday. A lot of pastors will take off on Friday. Maybe if you don't take off on Friday, uh, this is just one of those days where uh, you don't work on your message. But just take a breather and just put it away for a day. And anytime I'm writing a message or just writing an article or a chapter of a book, putting it away and coming back to it allows me to see things I didn't see before. Yeah, And if you finish your message on Saturday night and you don't have a Sabbath, then you miss out on this crucial step where you can be praying about your message or even thinking about your message. Uh, so that's really important. And then the sixth step, like I said, I'm getting a little cutesy with the S's, so this is say. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a pastor uh, preach multiple services and the first service is, is not, it's practice and it's not as good. That's why I encourage pastors to verbally go through your message so that when you get up to preach on Sunday morning, it's not first service. It's actually second service. It's the second or third time that you've gone through your message. And I'm telling you, it's going to increase your effectiveness and it's going to allow you to cut out some of the fat that makes your sermon go extra long that and takes you off track.
1: You know, there's a famous uh well known um public school communicator. Mm-hmm. And so he, he he primarily teaches teenagers, but he his name is Josh Ship, and Josh Ship says that you should rehearse your message a hundred times. Mm. Now, he's taking that one message and he's speaking everywhere, right? He's speaking so he, it a hundred times, yes. right? Um, so he's more like an evangelist per se, Mm -hmm. but it just goes to the point, like know the content and, and what you've prepared so well that it just comes off so natural. And then when you're actually, um, preaching it, you're focusing on some of the subtleties of the delivery, Mm -hmm. not so much as trying to remember the content that you had worked on, but how you want to communicate that content. And there's some subtle things that you can do with, you know, saying that, that sticky statement, rehearse how you want to say that, Mm -hmm. make that really impactful. Um, Don't, don't be so, uh,
0: you know, when you get up on Sunday, trying to remember the sticky statement. Oh man, it needs, it it needs to be embedded in you. And whenever I like to work through a message, I like to pray through it and, I heard this from Mark Batterson, but just reading through your message and praying your message and mm-hmm. allowing it to work on you. And I'll say this, it's so important to internalize your message instead of just reading it. I, I remember one time there was a pastor and it was a very important Sunday. Uh, he gets up there for first service. His iPad just turns off, won't turn on. Very important Easter Sunday. It's not internalized and it was pretty rough, obviously. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people, it, it'll be rough either way, just because you rely on your mo- your notes. Different people, uh, they work off notes in different ways. But if you can practice it, um, it's just gonna make it so much easier. So, day seven, of course, you got the S is speak. You know, you're, you're speaking, and if you're working through the these steps, these seven steps, then. Rather than rushing at the last minute, you're really digging into the material. We've gotta do justice to God's words. It's so important that we do that. And um, like I said, we have some PDFs on this, and so you don't have to try to remember everything that you've heard in this podcast. You can download this PDF. Uh, It'll be in the show notes. But hopefully this is something that's going to help you as um, pastors as you preach every week and hopefully get a good plan in place.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't checked out Sermonary, it's a free 30-day trial, and you can see some of the sermon structures that we have in there. And it's really cool because you can start with an outline and then, or a a particular structure. Yeah. Like for instance, Andy Stanley's we have, you can choose the Andy Stanley method and then you just go in and start adding your own content inside of that structure. And
0: it's not just starting with a blank page. Yeah. And you can work through it block by block. It's great if you're using uh, this system. But yeah, I think the big idea is however many steps you have and however you do it, take time if possible. And I know it's not easy. But take time because your messages are going to be more effective if you do that it's we have to steward god's word it's so important right it, I mean do we do we as pastors do we understand like hey we're preaching god's word like this is God we're telling people what they should believe about God based on our interpretation yeah. of the Bible like that's a really serious charge it's a big burden and it's a big burden and uh, I want I want to be able to go into the pulpit and be like hey like I did my work i'm not I'm sure I'm going to get things wrong from time to time. For sure. Hopefully they're small things, but it won't be because I rushed it. It, it, I put in the time and effort, and I think that's important that we do
1: that. Yeah. So if uh, you need the downloadable version of this, we have a PDF uh, for you to download in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening to the Hello Church podcast. I'm Justin Trapp. I'm Wade Bearden. See you next time.